1: Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com.
0: And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards.
2: Greetings from the near frontier. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. Happy Independence Day weekend. Cam Edwards, your host, and we've got... Miss E, here as well this evening. They can't see you smiling, it's radio. Yeah, I know. Or podcast. I'm here, hello. Hello. <laughs> as you look at me and pick a smudge off my face.
3: Well, we're not, yeah, they can't see you either, so nope. I guess it didn't matter that you had dirt on your nose.
2: That's alright. It. Uh, so, um, we are not out by the uh, campfire tonight, we had a... Uh, little storm, Passover, and then absolutely, it didn't do anything. It was just, it was really red on the radar and had special weather statements on my phone and then and the it didn't cl- even rain. I
3: didn't, but the cloud cover over the house was crazy because the entire inside of the house was bathed in a alien orange light. like Everything inside the house was crazy orange. Right. Looking outside, even looking outside at the cars, it was like, they were glowing orange. Everything was like, it was like, okay, this is, this, that that just kind of weirded me out because orange skies in Oklahoma almost always meant tornadoes.
2: Yeah. Or those like sickly green skies. Yeah. Right. This was just uh, the way the sun happened to be hitting the the clouds as the storm passed uh, just to our south. But it, it was, it was like, you walked outside and you were in this like filter, yeah. Uh, it was just an orange filter. So, uh, but but it's uh, you know it kind of settled into a uh, nice night. Actually, the kids are out in the above ground pool at the this moment. They, so are they still outside in the are, pool? They okay. are. They are still outside in the above ground pool. So, well, it's
3: because yesterday, even though I said put on sunscreen.
2: Yeah, they only did one coat.
3: They only did the one coat, and I should have yelled at them. But I'm—I was in the house. They didn't even tell me when they went outside. They were just like, "Hey, can we go swimming? I'm yeah, but don't forget sunscreen." And then hours later, they come in the house, and we've got red faces and red shoulders and red legs because they, you know, one wore rash guard and shorts, and he got. The arms and legs burnt, but she wore a bathing suit top and got her shoulders and face burnt. So yeah.
2: Yeah. So they wanted to go swimming this evening, <laughs>
3: <laughs> and I said they couldn't go swimming during the day because I didn't want them to get uh, any more red.
2: Right. But I've worked uh, so
3: hard to keep them from, especially the the our, kid number five is a redhead. Yeah. And I have worked really really hard to keep her from getting overly freckled. Like. You can I don't know how many, you can't find too many freckles on that kid. And I'm sure that by the same age uh, of my mom or some friends I've known who have been redheads have a lot more freckles. I have been very good about sunscreen, but uh, as soon as they're in charge of their own skin, man, it's a mess.
2: So uh, in addition to the crickets and the cows, uh, which are back now uh, this evening, we would also have the sounds of uh, uh, children. And I'm guessing that if we were doing the podcast outside, The children would all of a sudden decide not to get along, and then there would be these sounds not of children frolicking, but of children screaming and dunking each other under the water. So,
3: As long as they're not running in the house getting water all over the floor, it's all right right now.
2: So that's why we are inside this evening at the uh, kitchen table on a uh, summer evening getting ready for Independence Day weekend. Uh, As I mentioned in our last uh, episode, the garden is now officially not a complete and utter failure because we have picked some cucumbers.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Cucumbers. (laughs) Cucumbers. <laughs> Thanks. The The bunnies have eaten all the beet tops, so the, yep. even the ones that were there are gone. There might be some few pathetic carrots, but I was just thinking like... There are more
2: than a few. There, well, I should a, have had like I know. three
3: types of onions and all those carrots and beets and just... I'm just like, I'm letting it go. I'm going to let it go. I'm embracing the suck. <laughs> I do have some pepper plants down there that I hope will eventually start to bloom and... And they're flour. doing pretty well. They're not dead. So, no. yay me. Um, but, yeah. They're, and I don't even... After even carefully plotting the little things that we did, by the time I got them into pots, I got them all mixed up, so I have no idea what's going to be <laughs> hot and what's... Are. Oh, what, the what, sweet, oh, the peppers. No, the peppers. Like, I have a whole bunch, and one of them is a ghost pepper, so I'm really... I need to look it up and see what the picture of it looks like if I ever, ever, ever have any growing because I got to be careful about using those in the fermented hot pepper sauce because ghost peppers are like apparently the hottest pepper ever, which is weird because ghosts are ephemeral and sort of non-existent and vaporish. I don't know why it's called a ghost pepper. I suppose if you eat it, you become a ghost. You die because it's so hot. Exactly. So there you go. But... So we got the peppers. We got some cucumbers. We're hopeful for carrots. I have... The peas are looking good. Huh? beans, right? Beans. Beans. I actually keep getting some, but I don't have enough planted. Like, I get, like, a serving when I pick beans. Mm. So I'm like, well, I can wash them and throw them in the freezer and hope I get enough to feed everybody. Or what happens is I wash them and put them in the, on the counter, and then I forgot, and then I go like, oh, i got to feed these to the hogs now. So, yeah. <laughs> At least the hogs are getting vegetables. So, yay. And donuts. And, and the rabbits. And the rabbits. Right.
2: Exactly. So, so it's been a, a fairly quiet week. We're getting ready for the Independence Day holiday. Uh, yes, we will buy fireworks. We will buy Virginia legal fireworks, uh, yeah. which means... Uh, fountains, yep. basically. No hey, no aerials. They're pretty
3: cool, though. No, and we have so many are. trees that I wouldn't want to do aerials because I would hate for anything to be caught fire.
2: And I would really hate for the pasture to catch fire as well because I'm always afraid that that would be what would happen because that's what I remember in Oklahoma were big grass fires. So
3: Yeah, and those poor cows would be running like crazy. Like, <laughs> oh, moo! Crap! Moo! Crap! Like, they would know what was going on. So, right.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. So, we stick with the fountains. We stick with the Virginia Legal Fireworks. But uh, but they're fun. They're a good time. And, and speaking of, yeah. So, the cows are back. So far, everybody's staying where they're supposed to stay. They're in the right pasture Well, for now.
3: Well, the thing is, is that the ones in the front pasture were staying where they needed to be. It was the ones in the back pasture that kept yeah. getting through the fence, getting stuck down in the creek, and then they couldn't climb back up. Right. So, they just took the path of least resistance, which was up the path to our front yard. Right. <laughs> So, but thankfully, yeah, no, the cows are back. Hopefully, the fence fence has been mended so that doesn't happen again. And mm-hmm. it's nice to hear the moos in the front yard.
2: And the uh, the puppy is settling in. Uh, so Bullet's not quite as enamored with the puppy as the rest of us.
3: Bullet, because Bullet <laughs> seems to forget how annoying a puppy he was when he was a puppy because he's you know he's a big boy now. Um, but yeah, he 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 tolerates the puppy. Yeah, I still have to keep an eye on him around him because he does the the sneer, snout, wrinkle a little too much, and he barks at him like he's a baby, dude. You're like this big 120 pound thing barking at a 17 pound baby, and it's obviously he's got that new puppy smell still. Like yes. even even Bullet has to recognize that he's. But I don't. I just don't think Bullet likes the tension that he's getting either.
2: No, I'm sure there's a little bit of jealousy going oh. on as well. so yeah.
3: He's going to turn green soon. Yeah. He's like the Incredible Hulk at this point. He's like, ah, no, baby.
2: So if we have any uh, dog whispers out there uh, with any suggestions on how to deal with jealous dogs, <laughs> I would love to hear it. 40 uh, Fool at gmail.com.
3: He is getting the same. So we got puppy treats for training mm-hmm. Booker mm-hmm. to go outside and like to come give him a treat. So when I take Bullet out and Booker's with me, and we come back to the house. I make sure Bullet gets the same puppy treats because that's how we trained him. And he it's hilarious. This little tiny, uh, seriously, it's like maybe a centimeter by a centimeter square for this 120 pound dog <laughs> is like, oh, thank you, mama. Thank you, mama. It's, it's hilarious. Yeah. Like, really? You, that, you want this? Okay, here, have a puppy treat. You right. Big, you big fat baby.
2: So other than that, uh, that's the, been the big drama around the house as well. That and the fact that, it's summer vacation, and uh, we've got usually three kids around, uh, sometimes four, sometimes so as many as like seven or eight. Yeah, it depends <laughs> right? on depending on, on how many friends who's are over. Depending
3: on how many friends are here, and you're like, ah, 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 but whatever. And poor Miss
2: E. I think, I think we're going to send you, I think maybe for uh, our anniversary present, since it'll be 19 years, I think it's an appropriate anniversary present to send you away by yourself for a weekend. To an asylum?
3: <laughs> Do they have like asylums for little, moms? Like, like Maybe weekend?
2: a little B&B up by Charlottesville or something like that. Just you I, know, I, a little I, getaway, I, a little if spa. If I could go to an, an asylum,
3: get a couple of like, happy drugs for two days and have everybody <laughs> taking care of everything and feeding me, I'm, I'd be good too. Well,
2: I think like the B&B champagne uh, bubble bath spa treatment. How, how about How about that? Is that a? Yeah, do you, do you but really I have to wear clothes. Be...
3: Like seriously, if I could just wear a hospital gown and like do nothing for a weekend and have somebody else take care of me, yeah, I, it might be covered by insurance but at then this there's point. There's whole
2: commitment thing, and there's you know all kinds of bad things that happen. Well, after if I that, sign myself
3: so. in, I might be able to sign myself out.
2: I still think a B and B sounds more romantic as an anniversary present than.
3: Well, it's me going by myself, weekend, so that's not very romantic. uh, I would, I
2: bet that uh, there are wives out there who would beg to differ that uh, a weekend alone away from the kids, that's a lovely romantic present.
3: uh, Okay.
2: It means you, it just means that you care. That's all I'm saying. All right, we're going to take a quick time out. We will be back with more. Maybe we'll be back. Maybe I'll be back. It is getting kind of late here around the uh, kitchen table, but uh, we will have more 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network coming up right after
0: this. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com.
0: 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. We are back here on 40
2: Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network at the kitchen table, and Booker the puppy is wandering beneath our feet now. He was whining in the other room, so...
3: We got him caged up in here.
2: Yeah, with with us. (laughs) So, we're getting ready for uh, Independence Day. I hope that you are going to celebrate and enjoy it, and it's weird to think that there are millions of Americans this year who will not actually be celebrating
3: saw some wonky crazy group trying to say no this is why you shouldn't be celebrating the 4th of July independence day thing and i don't understand yeah this is now
2: i think officially a thing that uh, there there's you know a, a, Do we a go back to sizable England? Well, there's a sizable portion of the left, I think, uh, who believes that America is a rotten place and it was founded by rotten people. They should go somewhere else then. And uh, well, no, they uh, want to. They want to change it. They want to, you know, remake it. You
3: can't change history.
2: Um, no, they don't want to change history. They want to change the the country. They don't. They don't have any fealty to the Constitution. They don't. Well, they don't believe the Bill of Rights is old and outdated. And, yeah, uh, these
3: people are also like wah wah
2: wah. I'm like, no, I don't think so. But you know, there you've got you've got federal judges, Richard Posner's sits on the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals uh, said this week that, uh, that the, the, he doesn't think any uh, judge should waste any amount of time studying the Constitution. It was written in the 18th century. And here's a guy again who's, who's, who, who swore an allegiance, he swore an oath to the Constitution. i
3: sorry, that's sort of like our document. It would be like like the British people going, oh, Bollocks to the Magna Carta, <laughs> by the way. Oh no, blah blah bollocks. I'm like, seriously, it's kind of BS.
2: Yeah, it is kind of uh, so BS, but it, it shouldn't be a judge. It, but it's, you know, again, it's a, it's a real thing, and so I'm sure that there are going to be some Americans out there who are not uh, celebrating Independence Day. So what Day, does he but, suggest otherwise?
3: Like if we have, if this is, if we have a Constitution and we have,
2: make it up as you go along, basically. Oh, that's just bullshit. Yeah, well. I, you know, look, I mean, I've yet to hear, um, you know, you, you've got look, you've got some uh, conservatives and, and maybe I suppose even a few libertarians. Uh, I haven't heard too many progressives who are in favor of an Article five convention, which is a, a constitutional convention of the states. Um, the people who say that the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. Uh, Is outdated and old. I I think that they really do think you should just sort of make it up as you go along. Use the the judgment of the judge or the justice to decide what is right and what is proper
3: because that's working so well.
2: Well, and that's what's so scary about that is you know. And and so this Judge Posner said he thought that uh, you know he said these were look these were uh, uh, guys that were in the 18th century that didn't understand the 21st century world. So he says the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. Uh, Up to uh, uh, and including the 14th Amendment, uh, he says says none of them uh, are are meant for the 21st century. Now, again, you're talking about,
3: you know, basic. Freedoms. No, Wait, one of them is freedom of speech. So that's not yeah. meant for the 21st century? No. Because they're all freedom of speechy all over the Twitter, Facebooky crap.
2: Well, but again, you know, that that could all be denied. Uh, and, no, but they have And political haven't. speech, you've got, you know, I'm sure he would say that the Citizens United decision should be overturned. We should have limits on uh, political speech and, and limits on uh, how much individuals can contribute. Uh,
3: you oh, know. He's up there with the, the, the Supreme Court justices, by the way. They are out of their freaking collective minds on this latest thing about the the overthrowing the Texas law mm-hmm. I uh, okay so the irony of this is completely lost on everyone because the entire reason that abortion really became legal was because it was a it was something that people wanted and at the time there were people dying going to back alley abortionists risking their lives getting sick and now the Supreme Court is kind of saying yeah that's okay Because these places, they, 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 no, they don't have to update to be better or more medically up to date or, oh, they don't even have to be hygienic. Let's just throw that out the window too. But the thing about this decision that a lot of people are missing is there is a little bit of text in there that totally applies to the people that are trying to impose more gun control legislation. Yeah. There is a phrase in there that says, well, adding more restrictions to an already existent law is kind of dumb. I'm paraphrasing it, mm-hmm. but that's what the Supreme Court said. So it, it's kind of saying, eh. yeah, well, this is one
2: of the reasons why you're seeing a lot of uh, gun control advocates argue that it's time to repeal the Second Amendment or that the Second Amendment is outdated and old and should be ignored. Uh You know, it I mean, look, we're 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 at a point in time, I think, where, and I I realize we don't usually talk politics. No, it's not that the crazies are in charge. They're trying to be. Well, but again, you know, one person's crazy, another person's sane. What what's happening is that the people who make the laws don't want to play by the rules anymore. And no, that's... they
3: want to make their own, obviously, because the president has sort of like set that precedent. Oh, screw everything else. I'm gonna just do it my own way.
2: Well, and it's it's carrying forward into Congress. And, you know, you've seen this even at the state level where you've got, uh, what, four states now that have completely legalized marijuana. You've got, I think, 25 states that have legalized medical marijuana, which is still illegal at the federal level. Uh, and rather than, you know, deal with this at the federal level, they you know, everybody's just sort of passed the buck. Uh, and you've got people who are you've got states that are ignoring the rule of law. Uh, you can argue that it's a bad law and it shouldn't be there, but it is still there, and we're just sort of pretending that it doesn't exist in these states. You know, we we we've seen this for a long time. I think uh, laws selectively applied, and, and the problem is that now it, it's it's getting to the point where uh, people are are saying, uh, and, and apparently many people you know truly believe. That uh, that that should be the case when it comes to the Constitution. That every one of these laws, every everything that we live by, all of the rules of law, should be thrown out the window, and instead it should be uh, you know left to the the whim of uh, whatever prosecutor, or whatever judge to decide. Well, that hurts uh, what my head be because enforced. they're
3: actually that's 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 sort of like that's that, that that's like throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Like seriously, yeah. there is a set of rules. Hey, no.
2: Sorry, puppies so like, getting into things.
3: <laughs> Booker.
2: Booker. Yeah, I know.
3: You called him Bucky.
2: No, I said the puppy.
3: Oh, I thought you said the puppy. With Bucky, <laughs> Buckley, Peanut. We had all these names on the board, no, so puppy. I called them a couple of the other choices a couple of times and I'm trying to be really good about it. But no, it just it doesn't make any sense the, the whole you you have to have a framework of laws mm-hmm. within you that's where you I mean, okay I was a law librarian I worked at the law school at the college where I got my bachelor's degree like there are laws for a reason yes there are and there are rules for a reason you just you don't let just like some judge have a capricious hair up his butt and say oh no this this is okay for now seriously then we're just gonna be like the movies like the purge Oh, everything, every everything is legal for twenty four hours.
2: Well, I think that's kind of a that's a leap, but uh, <laughs>
3: you have to. Well, I, 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 there, there's lots of liberal left leaps too, by the uh, way. Sure. So, uh, yeah, and, but but, I, but, the, but the picking and choosing of laws cracked me up because you said this. Like, so apparently, some poor bartender went to jail in Oklahoma City because apparently Oklahoma City. You can't make flavored liquors because you the minute infuse, you take right. them out of the bottle and put them back in the bottle, mm-hmm. it becomes an illegal thing. Mm-hmm. And
2: so there was a a bartender in Oklahoma City. I saw this story. You're right. Uh, went to Three days in jail. Right. And now you've got other, you know, bar owners and restaurant owners saying, well, wait, can we. We're
3: doing this. We're doing this. And no one said we couldn't do this because you're taking a law and you're like what the prop. So what the theory behind the law to me is like, if you pour the liquor out of the bottle. And you replace it. So what they're saying is replace, Mm -hmm. which means you're putting something else into the bottle other than what came out of the bottle. Right. But you're not really. You're putting the vodka back in that has flavor. You're putting the bourbon back in with a new flavor. You're not adding water. You're not putting in caramel-colored water. You're not putting in anything else other than that same liquor that's going back in. And that's where there's this hair of where it's, you know, they're walking this, this, this line where they're not really no one is really clear as to what the real intent is, but yeah. I think the intent is the adulterated stuff. Like how many kids were poisoned when um way back in the day, um, oh, milk wasn't the... controlled and they would add chalk to make it whiter. They would add other things. Or to even milk.
2: during prohibition, when you had the industrial alcohol that uh, was poisoned uh, and, yeah, 10,000 10, uh, Americans die. Uh, yes. Uh, in an attempt to, you know, Keep, people, people, from keep people from drinking. Which, by the way, gun control advocates don't ever really want to talk about. You know that prohibition and the links that the government went to to uh, enforce that law. But I, I will say this: I don't think that the intent in Oklahoma was to throw bar keeps behind bars for infusing their vodka with lemon. Uh, I just don't think that that was what the lawmakers intended that law was to bacon do. And
3: bacon-flavored vodka, which is a good thing. Oh, that's right. Because it, it makes some Bloody Marys. Yeah. And this, people are not—they're losing business because they don't want to do it anymore until they get well, a clear yeah. definition because they, they don't want this to happen again. But it's just kind of like, wow, really, Oklahoma?
2: I know. Well, it's—, it's But then
3: again, they were behind on— Liquor by the drink versus liquor by the bottle. I mean, like when, when yeah. I moved there, the in nineteen ninety seven, the drink laws were still kind of draconian. Like it was kind of like, are you yeah, kidding me? Yeah, you could me? only
2: sell alcohol. Their beer was it had to be three point two percent alcohol by volume. Uh, that that was the only thing that could be sold in in grocery stores. Uh, everything else, anything uh, you know, harder than three point two beer had to be sold in liquor stores. And it was couldn't never get wine. You
3: couldn't get wine, and you couldn't get anything cold right and I came from New Jersey where like the liquor stores are like you know grocery stores like <laughs> if you want to get a cold pack of beer and a package of chips and a bag of smokes you know whatever it's all good you get all of, everything in the one shop stopping or one sh- yeah one stop shopping um, but yeah so I, I remember one of the first times we, we got beer in Oklahoma I'm I had several and I'm like oh my gosh there's something wrong with me because there's some there's this beer is like weird and I said something to you I'm like well there's three I'm like what does that even mean? Like, what is three Oh beer? You're like, well, it's, it's not quite beer. It's like near beer. I was like, that's a whole new experience for me back then.
2: Yeah. And now we live in Virginia where we have state run liquor stores, which is something else that is weird to me, but, but it's uh,
3: different though, because the state run liquor stores in Virginia, it's only hard liquor and they sell Virginia beer wine mm-hmm. but you can buy wine and beer in the li- in the grocery stores here Yes, so that to me was weird when we moved to Virginia because <laughs> that wasn't something you could get in New Jersey either like right. it was only the liquor stores for anything with alcohol so to, to go into a grocery store and you're like what this is crazy and then you go to North Carolina when we get to the beach and, and hear the, the overhead thing please remember that we are unable to sell alcohol until 12 o'clock on Sundays I'm like Okay, but still, they only sold beer and wine, but they had their restrictions.
2: Yeah, they also had the drive through uh, beer shop. I which know!
0: Is, that was crazy! That was a first
2: for me as well. All right, listen, why don't we take a timeout? We've got uh, some emails to get to coming up in just a little bit, and uh, more thoughts on Independence Day as well. Stick around. We'll be back with more 40 Acres and a Fool after this.
0: 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Sexton.
1: But the left doesn't even say now, you can't make fun of certain cultures, you know, lest you be called a, a racist, a xenophobe, or whatever. But they never stop, right? They're never actually content with whatever cultural victory they have. So now you have to add on top of that, you can't even praise, you can't even be happy for, you can't even be a part of indulging in aspects of a culture that you may really love.
0: Buck Sexton, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Blaze Radio Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards returns now on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Cam Edwards, your host. And, you know, more thoughts on uh, Independence Day. I I, I was reading uh, Thomas Paine's The Crisis not long ago. And, you know, even though he wrote that in the winter of 1776, about six months after The Declaration of Independence was signed. It it feels really appropriate this year when, again, so many of our foundational principles are uh, under assault uh, right now. He wrote, and this was December 23rd, 1776. So what had happened after the uh, Declaration of Independence was signed um everybody was you know there was a there was a little honeymoon period everybody was was really excited everybody thought this was fantastic and then the British landed uh in New York and the Continental Army started suffering a series of defeats. They got their ass kicked uh and they got their butt kicked all the way across New York to Long Island, Manhattan uh, across New Jersey and down across the Delaware River and as they were uh, uh running from the British. Uh, Washington's idea was to live to fight another day, people started panicking. They, they, they really started freaking out uh, Much like you've seen with uh, you know some of the reaction to the Brexit vote and people said, well maybe we shouldn't have done this maybe we don't want to do this oh I have regrets. We saw the same thing in this country after the Declaration of Independence was signed. And you had a lot of people particularly when uh, again the, uh, the British were, were were winning on the battlefield. Uh, say that uh, we needed to give up. We needed to uh, go hat in hand to King George and and beg forgiveness and take our lumps and be done with this because otherwise uh, it was going to be a disaster. And so Thomas Paine, who had written Common Sense in uh, uh, 17... It came out in February of 1776 uh, and really spurred people towards um, uh, the Declaration of Independence. He was with the Continental Army That fall and that winter. And on December 23rd, 1776, he wrote the first part of the crisis. These are the times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will in this crisis shrink from the service of their country. But he that stands by it now deserves the love and thanks of man and woman. Tyranny like hell is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us, that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. Heaven knows how to put a proper price upon its goods, and it would be strange indeed if so celestial an article as freedom should not be highly rated. I keep thinking about those lines. What we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. And I wonder if we don't, as a nation, esteem our freedoms too lightly. Because most of us have never fought in uniform to protect these freedoms. Uh, Most of us, uh, particularly, let's say, those uh, uh, 40 and under, maybe even 45 and under those of us who who, uh, were not alive to fight the culture wars of the 1960s. We grew up in a world in which there was an incredible amount of freedom, personal freedom. Um, Those of us who came of age, I think after the civil rights battle in particular have perhaps been the, the, the luckiest people uh, on the face of this earth, we live in a, a free, wealthy society. We are, again, among the 1% uh, of, of everyone who has ever walked on this planet in terms of uh, our uh, a personal and technological progress, the, the social progress, the, uh, the form of government that we live under, the amount of freedom that we enjoy. We are the luckiest people ever. And we never had to earn it. We never had to work for it. We just inherited this world. And apparently, uh, a lot of us, some of us anyway, I don't know, I don't know the exact numbers, but it seems like they're uh, uh, awfully prevalent on college campuses and in the media and in politics these days. We have a lot of people... Who, obtain, who, who esteem that freedom Too lightly I don't think they understand What it is that we possess And what it is that we enjoy And the fact is We didn't create it You know That's one of the most I, I think appalling uh, Notions about uh, the, the, the idea that this country Was just founded by rotten people And was founded by You know racist white guys Who never did anything yeah, you know what? It's true. There were slave owners uh, at the Continental Congress, and it's true. There were uh, slave owners as the Constitution was being debated, and, and it's true. They, they couldn't reconcile uh, the differences. They couldn't reconcile those who wanted uh, to to uh, you know start a fresh page and to abolish slavery at the time of the Constitution, and those from slave-owning states who said, no way, we'll walk. We won't have a union. And that was the greatest failing of the Founding Fathers. But the people who talk about the, the failures of the Founding Fathers, they don't talk about the successes, the preamble to the Constitution. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity to ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America. We have not always had domestic tranquility. Again, we fought a civil war uh, over that irreconcilable difference between the North and the South at the time of the ratifying of the constitution we have uh, uh, not always secured the blessings of liberty to ourselves uh, or our posterity. But I, I would say that, again, those of us uh, born in the last 50 years or so, we, we have enjoyed the blessings of liberty that were fought for by the greatest generation, that, uh, that, that were expanded Uh, throughout society by many of the baby boomers. But we've forgotten that phrase, a more perfect union, right? A more perfect union, something that isn't perfect, but it's getting better. The founding fathers knew that what they had created wasn't perfect. I don't know why we expect them uh, to have been perfect. They they didn't hold themselves up. It's it's you know it's amazing you've got people on the left right now who uh, love to bash the founding fathers and ah you know they're they're not sacrosanct. Well, they never claimed to be. If you go back and you read the founding fathers, if you go back and you read your history, there was nobody claiming to be a demigod walking around uh, in Philadelphia during the American Revolution. Washington himself didn't claim to be supernatural or superhuman. When he was named the head of the Continental Army, he said, I don't think I'm worthy. I don't think I can do it. When he was asked to become president, he had the same reaction. I, 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 don't, I don't think that I'm big enough for the job. Now, maybe that was false modesty, but it was, it was modesty all the same. And frankly, I don't think it was false modesty. I, I, I don't think Washington may have felt like there was nobody else who could do the job. But I don't think that it meant that uh, uh, that he felt entirely comfortable uh, performing either of those deeds. He just knew that it was his duty. You know, one of the other, uh, I think, big misconceptions from the America sucks crowd uh, is that America from the time of its founding was just founded by racist white guys and nobody else had anything to do with the uh, the founding of the country or the, the running of the country. And that's just, again, it's wrong. And it denies history. From the Boston Massacre where Crispus Attucks died to the Battle of Bunker Hill, uh, where you had black Americans like Salem Poor and Prince Estabrook fighting uh, alongside Uh, You know, uh, uh, white farmers. The story of the United States of America has always been more complex than its critics will give it credit for. You know, even around Farmville. Uh, Farmville, Prince Edward County, was one of the defendants in the case that became Brown versus Board of Education. Uh, this was, uh, Prince Edward County is one of the flashpoints of the civil rights movement in the 1950s. You had a, a high school student, Barbara Johns, who led a strike uh, at the black high school because of the conditions of the school and eventually filed suit. This was uh, this. This got wrapped up into Brown versus Board of Education, uh, which was uh, based out of uh, that, was the, that was the Topeka, Kansas case. And when the decision in Brown versus Board of Education was handed down, Prince Edward schools shut down for five years rather than integrate. Now, again, you'd, you'd never know that uh, visiting Farmville today. It is a different community than it was in the 1950s. But it was a different community in the 1950s than it was in the 1850s. In the 1850s, There was a community of free blacks living outside of Farmville. It's a settlement called Israel Hill. It had been there since the turn of the century, uh, just before 1800, when a relative of Thomas Jefferson's passed away and, in his will, freed his slaves uh, and uh, set aside 400 acres uh, for these freed slaves to live. And they did. And they raised families and they had a community of their own uh, right in the heart of Virginia. You had a, a community of free African-Americans. That that doesn't get talked about much. That's one of those sort of forgotten stories that adds a another wrinkle of complexity to the story of the United States. And that's why I never get tired of learning about this country. Because there are... <sighs> What is that phrase? There are millions of stories in the Naked City. This is one of them, right? Well, if that's the case, and there are hundreds of millions of stories in this country, hundreds of millions of stories of Americans who have contributed uh, either to the greatness of this country or or have taken away uh, from the greatness of this country, but they have made an impact on this country, and their stories should be known. I'm very, very grateful and I'm very, very glad that I live in the United States of America. Despite all of the challenges that we face today, I'm very, very glad that I live at this point in time in the United States of America. And every day, when I think about where I live and the freedoms that I possess and the freedoms that uh, I will uh, uh, fight to to hang on to. I am eternally grateful to so many Americans uh, not just again the the names in the history books, not just the the heads of state uh, or the uh, uh, the the freedom fighters that uh, you know we uh, learn about in tenth grade history class, but those. Again, myriad number of Americans who never made the history books, but made a positive and lasting impact on this country all the same. So this Independence Day, uh, I will salute the flag. I will sing the Star Spangled Banner. And I will hope and I pray that uh, for this year and for many years forward, that that flag does fly over the land of the free and the home of the brave. All right, we're going to come back with some of your thoughts. So stick around. We've got more 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network coming up next.
0: You're listening to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher show. More great news
1: out of Brazil. Uh, the Jaguar that uh, was part of the Olympic torch uh, relay event and uh, they had the Jaguar out there and uh, they uh, they had to kill it. Uh, sorry about that, but uh, you're going to die. Uh, it was shot with a tranquilizer dart and it, uh, then it lives at a shoulder and uh, no, uh, we're going to kill it with a pistol shot. Sorry. Uh,
0: goodbye. Have a nice day. Bye. The Jeff Fisher show Saturday mornings, nine to noon Eastern on the blaze radio network. Welcome back to 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. Okay, so we're back. One more segment
2: here on 40 Acres and a Fool. And my, my point, by the way, my very long-winded kind of monologue there, the, the, the point was among, maybe, maybe there was a point to that whole thing. Uh, I, I think the point was that the more you know about our history, the more complex it is. And these simple... Uh, you know one sentence histories that uh, well in the beginning America sucked and it's sucked ever since. Uh, that that argument just falls apart when you when you actually learn uh, about our nation's history and you know you can have preconceived notions about any time period in history and about any place in American history and the more you start to delve into uh, that particular time period or that particular place or that particular place at a particular time period, What you find, again, is that the stories in the history are much more complex than you would think. Just look at that uh, movie coming out now, Matthew McConaughey, The Free State of Jones. Uh, I have not seen the movie yet. I read the book. Absolutely fascinating. And again, there you go. In the heart of the Confederacy, you had people who did not want to be in the Confederacy. Now, did you learn about that in history class? There are untold numbers of stories. Fascinating stories. Of amazing individuals that we never learned about in history class. You gotta seek it out. And unfortunately, right now, uh, we have a lot of folks in the media and in the entertainment industry who say to hell with history. Uh, history's awful. Everybody who came before us is uh, not as good as we are, and therefore, history is completely unimportant. What's important is the now, and what's important is the future. We don't need to know about the past, and that is such, such a mistake. All right, I want to get to some uh, emails. Uh, The email address is 40acrefool at gmail.com, 40acrefool at gmail.com. David wrote in, says, Cam, I've been following 40 Acres and a Fool since just before the holidays last year. Uh, Your broadcast is uplifting and very informative. More on that maybe in another email. Thank you for that, uh, David. I appreciate that very much, sir. David says, this is the first time that I've emailed you because you wanted some insight on what it's like being a juror. Yeah. David says, well, over the past 30 years, I've been summoned to serve as a juror 22 times. Wow. That seems like a lot, David. Here in California, San Bernardino County, you can, quote unquote, get summoned once a year. If you are summoned, but you don't serve on the specific jury, then you're dismissed until the next year, whenever you're called after one year has passed. David says, I've served on seven juries, four criminal and three civil cases. You have to be able to follow the letter of the law per instructions given you by the judge. If your gut tells you one thing about the case you're serving on and the law says something else, you are supposed to be committed to follow the law. It's not a perfect system, but it is the best system that we as U.S. citizens have. And frankly, it's a very good one, too. I I, I agree, David. Again, I think that we're taking too many shortcuts now with our criminal justice system. I I worry that we are uh, in danger of losing what is good. Uh, about our criminal justice system i also think that we are overly relying on plea bargains and things of that nature but that's that that's that's a topic for another time uh david says by the way in my nearly 62 years uh, i have never been arrested nor i've ever been detained for any questioning good for him uh me either i i should say david uh civil cases he says almost always have something to do with money some sort of financial compensation we were never told any money awarded came from the insurance companies the cases were always presented that someone or some company would financially compensate an individual for some wrongdoing or physical pain and suffering that one received. One case was presented in a way that showed the victim was clearly at fault. Even under cross-questioning, or cross-examination questioning, the victim as much as admitted that they were completely at fault. I felt really sorry for the victim, David says. The person lost a lower limb above the knee because of their actions. They were doing something that they should not have been doing and did not have permission to be doing it. They were even told verbally and in writing not to do what they were doing. Unfortunately for that person, the way California law was written at that time, there was nothing we as a jury could do to help the person. It's really sad when things work out that way. It, you know, it, it is, David, but at the same time, again, the person was told, don't do this in writing and, and verbally. Uh, they didn't have permission to be doing it. Uh, you feel bad for what happened. But does that mean that somebody should pay for somebody doing getting hurt doing something that they had been explicitly told not to do and were not given permission to do. I, I understand. Those are Again, those are difficult questions. Uh, the criminal cases, he says, were the toughest. I have several friends and former friends in law enforcement, sometimes who would be out for coffee, and I'd listen to them speak about cases without being too specific. I'd hear their side and their reasoning behind their thoughts. I'd listen, and I'd never say anything unless one of them asked my opinion. That doesn't happen to many people that have never been in law enforcement. He says, about 18 years ago, there was a case where I was a juror. I knew in my gut that the guy was guilty, but the prosecution never submitted the evidence beyond the shadow of a doubt that this guy was guilty. We deliberated, found him not guilty. He walked. Less than a year later, I saw the criminal's name in the local paper. He was arrested again for the same crime. Not not the same crime, but the same type of crime. I have no idea, David says, what happened to him. I wouldn't be surprised if he walked again. And you know... That happens, David. But this is see. This is one of the things about due process, which uh, is under assault right now uh, on a couple of different uh, levels. On on campus, certainly it's uh, under attack. Uh, in Congress, due process is under attack. The idea that you know we have due process, that we have uh, the idea that you are innocent until proven guilty. The reason for that is that that, you know, or the thinking behind that, the reasoning behind that is that it's better to have a guilty man go free than it is for an innocent man uh, to go behind bars. And again, we know that the system is not perfect because man is not perfect. Right. So there will be mistakes made. Uh, you will have innocent people go to prison. You will have guilty people go free. But in this imperfect system, um, the the impetus is on justice for for those innocent people, right? So if we switch that around and all of a sudden now we get rid of due process and now, you know what? We got to be safe here. We got to be, we got to be safe and better safe than sorry. So it's better to put an innocent person behind bars than it is to let a guilty person walk free. Because you can't be too safe, right? Better safe than sorry. I think in the the end of the day, we're we're not safe. uh, And we're awfully sorry that we lost our rights. Davis says, last year in June, I was called to serve on a case before anyone was called to be interviewed. A description of the case is presented to all prospective jurors in attendance. It was a sexual assault case. The victim was an eight-year-old girl. The person arrested for the crime was a 34-year-old illegal immigrant male that could not speak English and needed an interpreter appointed by the courts. We were given the option to voice why we believed we could or could not serve as a juror on this case. As we were called on by the judge, we each had a chance to speak. I raised my hand, and when I was called upon, I said, because of what I know about this type of case, mostly from law enforcement and friends in law enforcement and personally knowing someone that was charged with the same crime as this case, I wholeheartedly side with the prosecution. I was asked by the judge if I thought I could be impartial in this case. I restated that I would side with the prosecution because of what I personally know about this type of crime. Because of a former acquaintance that committed this crime more than one time, I was dismissed. David says, if you're ever called again, I most certainly recommend serving as a juror. It is an amazing occurrence to see from within how the justice system works. I believe that I'm a better, somewhat more educated person for serving these several times that I have. As long as you can set your gut feelings aside and follow the law and the instructions from the judge, I believe you'll be a fine juror. Well, thank you for that, David. I appreciate that. Um, You know, again, I've 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 covered plenty of cases. I have covered cases from the courtroom uh, to the penitentiary, where uh, individuals uh, whose cases I'd cover ended up on death row, and uh, they were facing execution in Oklahoma. Uh, When I first started out as a reporter, I I had the courts. I had uh, courts and cops, basically. Uh, And I also had the education beat, because... I was a radio reporter and we didn't have a lot of staff and we all got spread kind of thin. So that was my beat was courts, cops, education. Uh, And so every day I would go down to the Oklahoma City Police Department. I would read through all the police reports from the day before, find out uh, any interesting stories, uh, do a couple of interviews with a public information officer. And then I would uh, go and file those stories uh, I'd head over to the county courthouse and look through all of the lawsuits, look through the, uh, the criminal docket for the day, uh, go through the federal courthouse, do the same thing. And, and when there were trials of note, um, I would try to stay in those trials and, and cover those trials. Um, and it was, you know, uh, again, this is something that not many people do. Unless you're involved in the legal system, you you don't or or again you're serving as a juror, uh, or you're watching, I suppose, gavel to gavel coverage of the you know celebrity trial du jour on CNN. Most people don't sit through an actual trial and see the criminal justice system um, at work, and I do think that it's good to do that. I, I you know, jury duty can be a pain in the butt. We've all got. Things that we need to be doing, and then you're taking time away from your job, and this and then the other thing. But but it is not only is it a, a civic duty, but it's a civics lesson. Uh, and again, I think one that that most of us uh, most of us could could use on one level or another. Uh, no matter how civically engaged we are, it's an opportunity to learn something uh, that that uh, typically we haven't had the opportunity. Uh, to learn before it's a uh, it's a field trip right it breaks us out of our uh, cubicle or our uh, combine or wherever we happen to be and we get to go on a field trip to the courthouse and learn how the criminal justice system works and be a part of it I, I think that's a good thing at the end of the day so david thank you so much sir for the email i really do appreciate it i would love to hear from you as well the email address is 40 acre gmail at com. what do you think this Independence Day? Are you uh, are you celebrating? Are you worried? Are you concerned about the uh, the future of this country? What, what what do you think Independence Day 2017 is going to look like? I would love to hear from you this week at uh, 40acrefool at gmail.com I do hope that you have a wonderful Independence Day I do hope that uh, you celebrate our freedom and then you pledge to fight like hell to keep it between now and Election Day. Be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot, and we'll see you here soon
0: with another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool from the Blaze Radio Network. This is 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.